Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat make a big trade, but it's not the one we're expecting just yet. And Joel and I were live to see UM slaughter Duke on the basketball court. And with the waste management open kicking off this week, Joel and I are going to make our picks for the winner. And oh yeah, stay tuned for our Super Bowl picks too. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Shout out to your brother, dog. Hey, for real, but the, every time we play this track, dog, before we start the show, it's, it's like vibe. it's almost like the first time we heard it, dog. It is a vibe, man. You what's, know what's crazy though? What's crazy? It's the fact that like we just <clears throat> like he just sent us a like a random, you know, beat. Check this we were one like, out. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> like this is gonna be the so- sports or social theme song. This is pretty and, good. Like it just it just rides, dog. Oh, it it's rides. such a good it beat. Rides. It's perfect. It it's perfect it for all our content and shit. What up, so? What's what up? On, what dude? up, man? Live in the building. Yes, feeling sir. good, man. How you feeling, bro? Feeling great after that dub last night, dog. Right? Little, that shit was a vibe. Little Monday night action. Sorry, we're a little late with the pod, but we were at the uh, live Duke, in the building, or you know, yeah, Duke at Miami. No, the, game. the Duke funeral. <laughs> yeah, the Duke funeral, man. Those the boys Duke are six funeral. feet under right now, but we were out there last night, which is why we didn't record. So right. a little day late, but. You know, it's, it's worth good. it, man. It's, it's worth it. it for the content. You know what I mean? And and live sports is definitely always entertaining, man. I mean, look, we've been to live events before. We've gone to football games. We went to a basketball game. Um, we just did this uh, basketball game right now. Fights in person. You know, that, that live atmosphere, bro, is always electrifying. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's something... That definitely draws people to sports, you know, having that, having that, that. If you, bro, you think back to COVID and there was no, no, no fans. They had fans and like weird. digital signs and TVs and shit like that. Or like bro. watching it from their home. Like fake noise. Come on, dog. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that just doesn't like, we'll, we'll do it because it was a pandemic. We get it. But there's a reason why right. they try to have as much space as possible in arenas and venues is because. There's nothing like a live experience. Hell yeah, man. I mean, like, that bubble atmosphere was weird, right? Just to hear the echo of other players talking or the ball being kicked or, you know, hitting the rim and coming off or, you know, anything like that. And it was just weird. Even Bro, you know it's weird when they're pumping in fake noise <clears throat> into the stadium, dog. Like, that's fake not, fans. That's, that's, that's not that's new, weird, though. Dog. That's no, it's around. not, but it's weird, you know, because it it's even more obvious. It's weird when there's no crowd and you're hearing, like, a fake crowd. You're like, what exactly, the hell? Exactly, exactly. And, you know... Being in person is always electrifying, man. And, like, for me, I always, like, enjoy, you know, the Heat games more than others, right? Other, like, games because, A, it's a more comfortable atmosphere. Obviously, you're indoors. You're chilling, you sure, know? Sure, sure. A lot of game, a lot of action in front of you, um, as opposed to being at a football game, right? Where you're hot outside, it might be hot, a little sweaty, and I sweat a lot, dog. I don't know about you, but man. it's about the product too, because to that argument, I'm, you know, you can look at the Marlins Stadium, very comfortable experience from a fan perspective. Absolutely, a product on the field doesn't make it worth going. Just Correct. the stadium itself, it's a, it's a vibe. You know, you go by the Budweiser bar, all the food that they got there, the little row in the back corner. They have stuff. the best food in, in South Florida sports, they, for sure. They, they, they're up there, dog. They got some selections, but the product sucks. It's trash. So it's like, what well, you know, yeah, the stadium's nice, and it's a good experience to go sit there and watch a game if you're 
rooting for an opposing team <laughs> that <Yeah>. does well. <laughs> yeah, you know no, and I mean? you still and you still have to, like you said, put the put a good product out there on the on the field or on the court or whatever in order to, to draw the fans. You know, and for the Heat this year, bro, it's it's been a weird season for them, right? Because when they're when they're home, they're good. They can play up to a certain standard. They they got the fans backing them, and everything is gravy, you know. But when it comes to the road, it's like these dudes forget how to play ball, man, and mm. like they let things get to them. They're again back to our my main point with the Heat this year: losing fourth quarters, losing second halves, and just getting out pretty much produced by other teams. You know, yeah. we went from having a three game winning streak while while we were going into recording and thinking, "Coño, let's see what what type of momentum we can take onto the this road trip." We lose three out of these four games, dog. Like, and yeah, some of them were close games, which is cool. But at the end of the day, you're 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 not giving yourself an opportunity to improve on your season and improve in your standings, right? Because the Heat right now are twenty nine and twenty five on the season. Got a week to go before we hit the All Star break, and they're currently sitting in six. And the last time we talked about it, we were a game, or yeah, it was a game and a half behind fifth place. Now we're three and a half games. And Brooklyn just traded Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know, he made a big trade, too. Yeah, the Cavs were just ahead of us. Now they're two spots ahead. Yep. And, and the Knicks were, you know, behind us by a couple games. Now they're they're behind us by a half a game. They're right there. So didn't go the way that we discussed last week. They didn't get our, our you know, we, they didn't tune into last week's podcast to find right. out what they needed to do. So Absolutely. it's all good. You know, I get it. They're traveling <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah, but uh, it just points to me that there's – not enough on the roster or whatever the chemistry level is, is not high enough on the roster. I mean, we saw that, like like we alluded to earlier, they made a trade, you know, before the de- deadline on Thursday. How do you feel about this trade? So the trade, so everybody knows, Dwayne Dedman was dealed to San Antonio right. uh, in exchange for a second-round pick. What are your thoughts on this? No, we sent them. Oh, yeah, we sent them a 2028 second-round pick for cash. So we basically traded no, Deadman. We traded Deadman for a pick. We got a second round pick in, from Fort. Oh no, man, listen. San Antonio Spurs acquired De- D- Dwayne Deadman and a sec- uh, 2028 second round pick from the Heat in exchange for cash considerations. No shit. Yeah, dog. I thought we got a second round no, pick for Deadman. No, man. But that's what I'm trying to say. That's why I thought. I was like, wow, that's really good value for Deadman. Yeah, bro. And and he is, has zero value for so that. So we just got cash? Cash. But back to my point the chemistry level on the team or inside that locker room. Is not where it needs to be, right? Because if if a team is willing to trade you and a pick for cash, homie, you're the problem in there, and you're a big obvious problem that they're willing to get rid of by any means necessary. How, how so? What kind of problem? Well, look, you, we saw him get suspended earlier in the season, right, from the Heat, not from the NBA. When he had when Spo pulled him out the game, had that issue with him, and then he hit the the massage gun onto the court. Got a tech, got kicked out of that game. And him having the balls to go toe-to-toe with Spo and, like, try to argue with Spo, number one, just shows you what where his level of mentality is. And then back to it, the, the chemistry or lack thereof on the team. Right. Because it's not like Jimmy went off Spo. It's not like Haslam went at Spo. You know what I mean? Or, or Lowry, guys who have comp- done stuff in this league, accomplished things. Dwayne Dedman is a, is a nobody, a nobody for him to come out here and, you know, try Spo in that manner on, on TV. I don't give a fuck what happened on the game. Right. Like, you, you're not that guy, bro. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for back to it. For the Heat to say, yo, we're done with you, bro. 
Let me get some cash for this guy. And we'll and and that'll help us with our salary cap, help us with the books, and now we can try to maneuver other trades, right? That just shows you that there is something lacking on this heat team, dog. And it's major, you know? Hope my hope, and, and we put it up on the on the Instagram on Sports with Social. My hope is that we do end up trading Lowry, you know. And the and the the talks right now being had is that you 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 would have to include Max Struess in that deal. And you and I were talking about it during halftime at the UM game. You know, sometimes you have to take that trade. And we and me, we as the Miami Heat, we've always seen these this organization find players from nowhere, get some type of production from them create some value within them and then move them on for something else. Right. And then start on the next project. So I don't feel that attached to Struess while yes, he's playing well for us, right. In his role and for the minutes he's getting and all that stuff. If that's the trade that I got to do to get rid of Lowry, who's our least productive player, least productive player, more so than Duncan dog. Then that's what you got to do. You know you what I mean? You think Lowry is less productive than Duncan Robinson right now? Absolutely, <sighs> dog. That's even so look, even right now, it's if you so put trash. if you put both of them on the court, right, and you say, "All right, one of these guys has the ball, getting ready to shoot." <laughs> Who are you covering, dog? I'm gonna cover Duncan. You're gonna cover Duncan, <laughs> the guy who shoots forty something percent from three. Lowry, go ahead, dog. Are you giving Lowry a little shot? runner? Do your thing. Dog. I'm gonna give you that <laughs> shot. Hit the back iron. And and again, he has zero confidence in himself. He probably doesn't have that chemistry. He did like he probably thought it was gonna go different with Butler and Bam. And those guys are probably looking at him like, "This is the guy that we traded for. This is the guy that that came to camp and wanted to be the guy." And, and Bam, especially right, because Bam is an All Star this year. You know, very deservedly All Star this year. Of course, hundred percent. So for him to be carrying that dude's weight. That's not cool, man. Because Bam honestly could be averaging more points if you had yeah, a be- better point guard. If you had a better point guard, so we were tied and talking about trade talks. We were tied recently to another point guard mm-hmm. named Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. who just last week said he wanted a trade, and then we were involved in the discussion as a team that potentially could have been, you know, on the receiving end of the trade with Kyrie. Right. A couple other people were the Lakers, uh, as well as uh, there's one more that escapes me right now. Maybe I think it was the Clippers. Dallas Clippers was another one. Clippers yes. and the Lakers. Dallas kind of came out of left field, I thought, you know, because I didn't really see a whole lot of that. Well, they had thinking, made one of the first offers. Did they? Yeah. And then the Lakers obviously had put the best offer out. And ultimately, Brooklyn decided, you know what? We're not going to give this guy what they he wants. They didn't want to. Yeah. So he ended up going to Dallas. And right. we missed out on that. Lowry, we're still but stuck with Lowry. Did we, we miss also, out? We also talked about that, you know, what, what your thoughts were on, on a Kyrie Irving coming into this Heat team and what he can bring to the table. Right. And look, you know, I, I made that post on on the, on the Instagram showing, like, I'm glad it wasn't us that made this trade. And a lot of people had a lot of reactions to it. But ultimately, if you're looking at this team from a, from a from afar and as a whole, that's not the guy who's going to come in here and fix things for us. Yeah, he can score. There's no doubt about that. He can score. He can create on offense. There's He's a basketball. And basketball is his main focus. He's a top five point guard, right? But the thing is, is that basketball is always not his main focus. Mm. And right now, we have guys who are leading this team that their main focus is basketball. You don't think Kyrie... Is still actively trying to win championships? Nah, I really don't. Why? Because I feel like he wants to be the man. 
to be to win the championship. If he was really about winning championships, right, he would have taken a step back long ago, right, let go of his ego and say, you know what, LeBron, let's do something, dog. Because that could have been a Jordan Pippen type shit, right, where these guys are together and they're making run after run after run in, into the finals. Because LeBron was definitely doing it. Imagine how much better he would have been if Kyrie Irving sticks by his side and gets to mature next to him, right? But he didn't choose that. And then, again, he makes the big move to Brooklyn, right? And Brooklyn makes all this show about getting Harden and Kyrie and KD. Bust. And that whole trade was a fucking bust. That whole project was a bust. But, again, it it didn't work because of the attitude that Kyrie had. The COVID shit happened. He didn't want to take the, the, the shot, his decision, of course, but... He's also affecting his team, and that's going to have some type of backlash. That's him putting himself ahead of the team in some type of aspect, right? Because it, it sucks that they even forced that shit. It was stupid by the NBA, right? Now that we know a lot more about it. But at the time, it doesn't look good. The optics don't look good. It makes you look like you don't want to be a part of the team. But know? all that aside, all that aside, politics aside, you know, him, him, him and his flat earth you know, theories <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. And don't forget his recommendation about that that movie that got him in trouble, too. There, yeah, the anti-Semitic movie or whatever. Um, all that aside, you know, the off-court stuff, you can't deny the kid is a generational talent, especially True. at his position. Yeah, he, he kind of embodies a little bit of Jordan, a little bit of Allen Iverson, you know, a little bit of everything as far as, like, all the good stuff that we've seen, a little bit of magic, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, as yeah. far as what we've seen from Mamba mentality that can do that. And, it, you know, mm. it's just, uh, you know, damn, what what could have been, you know, mm. if we wouldn't have been able to work something out where we sent Struess and Lowry, you know, I don't know what the deal was that we we had on the table for him, but obviously it wasn't good enough. It wasn't going to be enough because we couldn't offer enough picks, man. You know, we couldn't offer enough first round picks, and that's what it comes down to. But even still, like, if we're talking about the product on the court, if we're talking about the product in the court and the locker room, I still don't think that he's the answer. You know, you and I were discussing that the answer probably would have been um, Donovan Mitchell if we're looking at just scoring, right? But even still, he's a volume scorer. We have a volume scorer. <laughs> you know, we have a hero who has to take his 10 to 15 shots in order to, to get where he wants to be at. Donovan Mitchell would have came in here and done the same thing. I just don't think that those... That Irving was the answer here. If the locker room is fucked up, there's no way that bringing a guy who's that, you know, polarizing into that locker room that's not necessarily 100% stable or 90% stable would have been the move. You know what I mean? I would have rather try to trade for um, Van Fleet, right? Because that's a kid who has his head on straight. He's about basketball and he provides what, what the what the Heat need. He can, he can assist, he can D up and occasionally hit big shots. That's a guy who can make Bam better for sure. Do we pursue that? I don't know. Because I don't think Lowry can go back. That would have to be a three-team trade, right, where we find somebody else to take Lowry. There's no way Lowry's going back to Toronto. Right. So we would need, you know, we got Thursday is our trade deadline. Yep. What time do you know? I think it's like three. You have to get paperwork in, and then, like, it closes at three, and you have to have the paperwork submitted by five o'clock, something like that. How likely is it that the Heat make a move before the trade deadline? With Lowry? For for anyone. Well, yeah, I think they, that I, I do think that they're actively shopping guys, right? I know that they're shopping Duncan for sure. I know that they're sh- shopping Struess for sure, right? Because teams are calling for those guys. 
The problem is that we're attaching Lowry to the trade. So that makes things a little bit more difficult trying to find that third team in order to facilitate facilitate that trade. Do they try to pull the trigger? Absolutely. I do if I had to put money on it, dog, I would put a hundred bucks on them making a Lowry trade and just getting out of it at any means possible, you know, and saying, you know what, we'll wipe the state clean. <clears throat> we're, it's not like he's going to affect us because he's not playing his best right now. We're, we're getting enough from Victor Oladipo, Gabe Vincent, and company, right? And who knows if Victor Oladipo can do even better by starting. That's the thing that bothers me about this Kyle Lowry trade. Like, he's, we're forcing him to start because of his name, his um, his, his contract, his contract maybe. all of that, and, tra- like, and trying to help him get out of it. Help trying to get him out of that funk, and it's still not working, dog. I, I told you this earlier. He has 28 points total in his last five games, dog. That's 5.2 average, 5.3 average That's or something te- like that. Oh, it's terrible is what it is, man. It's garbage. It's garbage, you know. For the amount of money we're paying you, bro. Just just back to it, man. I, I just don't think his head is right in the right place because I think that he saw this project going a lot different, and now he's stuck. Being the broken wheel here, that's that's not helping. He's the not carriage. squeaky no more. He ain't squeaky. You're broken, you know, and it's noticeable. It's noticeable. Right, the he the he find a way, man. The Heat are gonna find a way to get rid of this guy. How it looks towards next year is gonna be a different question, right? We would have to see whether chips may you know land after the trade or whatever, and who we get back, what type of contract they have or whatever. But I I do think that the Heat pull this trade off because. The project failed, man. The, his his coming here did not work. Last year was a bust. Wasn't even available. Wasn't even in the right frame of mind to play basketball. And when he did play basketball, it was shit basketball. And then has a whole offseason to try to get some type of rhythm with this team. Comes into the season, super flat, never hits a spark. And now we're here at the trade deadline. Yeah, you got to get rid of this guy. I don't I don't know. You know, I haven't, I don't know the ins and outs about what they do. There's a lot of things that happen by surprise that I'm just like, oh, shit. Nice. All right. You know, like, cool. But it's something just tells me that I think the Deadman move might have been, you know, the last move, even though it's like cash considerations. When you see that, it's like, well, shit, that's probably trying to set up something to make a move. You yeah. know, kind of a leading indicator there. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a move that's made now before this trade deadline. And we're going to end up having to write it out from from for the rest of this year. Yeah, dog. And then that kind of that might determine the rest of our season, dog, depending on how it plays out after the All-Star break. Um, you know, it looks like we're going to make the playoffs, but if if the rest of the season is anything like these last four games that we we haven't really gotten to yet, it's not looking great. You know, we'll be eighth seed and probably get knocked out quick by the Celtics or somebody in seven, you know, in three, in four, five games, six games you right. know, early. Um, I don't think we get swept. I think we're better than that, but who knows? It, it could happen. You know, it could very happen. It, it could very well happen to this team. Dog. But I want to go back to you know these last four games. So you know, we've lost three out of the last four. I think you said you know correct. Just, Walk me through that. What's up? What did we What did we have since we last talked? Well, we lost to Charlotte right on Sunday, and then we recorded. We had that loss, and we were like, "Well, let's see what happens here." That was Boom. the first game that, of the road trip, correct? And then they bounced back with a close win on Tuesday, right when the podcast episode came out, and they had a one hundred nine ninety seven victory. Good game against against the Cavaliers. You know, 
Donovan Mitchell. Who's, who were right <laughs> ahead of us that we needed to beat. And we could have gotten closer to them, right? And then, boom, we get into that game into the New York Knicks, who they were behind us. Correct. I'm thinking if we jump, if we get this game, like not only does it get us a lot closer, but it also keeps those guys at bay. Correct. Because they got a young, talented squad. Yeah, they don't have a, a Jimmy Butler, who's their go-to veteran, but they got a bunch of guys who who can play together well. I guess their guy would be Julius Randle. At least that's who they invested in. But right. let's be honest. But he's, know, he's, he, not, he's not Jimmy Butler. Bingo. And he's more of a main piece for that type of, hey, we're going to do this collectively, which is working for them. Can't, can't knock them out on that. And they go out there and we lose a, t- a close game, 106-104. Bam has a crazy game, 32 points, 9 rebounds, and it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Which, I'm, at the end of the day, bro, I'm okay with that. You know why? Because for everybody who was talking shit about Bam last year, including myself at those points, where it's like, bro, this guy needs to be averaging at least 23 points a game and all this stuff, this dude has been killing it. For 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 him we to didn't, be... We didn't, yeah, we didn't talk shit about him in the sense of like how we're talking shit about Lowry, that we're like, yo, we're done with him. You know, yeah. he's not bringing anything to the table and he won't, so get him out of here. It was right. more so like, we know what your potential is. You're just not living up to it. You know, you right. haven't figured out what you need to do to play your basketball and make them play band ball. You know what I mean? For and sure. This year he's done that. You know, the, 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 the points he's putting up, the way he's putting up those points, it, it's it's another level, and we're seeing that by the All-Star nod as well. I think the rest of the league is acknowledging that as well. Absolutely, dog. And, and you said it. It's the way that he's getting his points. He's the second leading scorer in the paint behind Giannis. That guy's a, a freak, and Bam is second. And it's a close second. The it's Greek, not Greek freak to be exactly. It's a close second. It's not like you know Greek has him by a hundred and fifty points or two hundred. No, it's a close gap. Let's say that just shows you that Bam recognized his own game, evolved, is the better efficient, efficient shooter now in the paint, and at the end of the day, it just makes him score a lot more. And become more productive. He's averaging 21 and a half points this year with 10 rebounds. Oh, by the way, 3.2 assists. That's that's what we wanted for him. Shooting 54% from the field. As a big man, that you know you're taking more shots, right? Jump shots, jump shots. And we were wondering how that was going to translate in, into his game, right? Once he started shooting more jump shots. It's like we're seeing a brand new level of BAM, dog. And again, for anybody who's doubted him before... There's no doubt that he's becoming our best player. Jimmy's still our go-to guy, but Bam is definitely our best player, dog. There's just so much that he can do right now. Yeah, you know? and then to be more specific, he's our best player, but if you want to get into specifics, he's our best two-way player. For sure. Right? For sure. Still on what, that. Because what on he that. can do on defense to complement, you know, I mean, well, he's always been able to do that. Now it's, it's the other way around. He's His offense is complementing what he's able to do Correct. on defense. So that's making him an elite two-way player. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to need him. And we're going to have to ride him the rest of the season. Pause. You know, pause. <laughs> we're going to have to do that because... Again, we know that Jimmy's time is crunch time, and we know that Jimmy's time is playoff time, right? So once the playoffs come around, that's a whole different story. But in order to get to the playoffs and make sure that we get into the playoffs, right, without having to play in that playing tournament, we're going to have to rely on Bam. And for right now, he's been putting the weight on his big-ass shoulders, and it's been working for the Heat, man. Don't get me wrong. He is being supported by Hero, right? Even though he's a volume shooter and he's not necessarily having his best season as far as percentage-wise, how is he shooting, especially from three. He's struggling from three. But 
he is getting some type of support from from these guys every now and then. It's just not nothing consistent to the level of Jimmy Butler. Um, I'm looking forward for these next stretch of games, man. We got a game, two games at home against Indiana and against Houston. And then we hit the road to face Orlando, one of our biggest rivals, right, in-state rivalry. And then back home against Denver Nuggets, number one team in the West. Yikes. Yikes. But two home games, three home games in your next four games, you got to go more than Bro, you got to go three out of four. Let's let's be honest, man. That that road game against Orlando, yeah, Orlando has a bunch of young studs and and they're playing you know carefree basketball. But at the end of the day, you you've owned that team before, man. And and you gotta get back to winning games on the road. You have to find a way to win games on the road. Now dog. we gotta go three out of the next four. Or Bro, four we're twelve and sixteen on the road this year. Like that's that's, that's not so bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not even like close to doing, and you and and technically, all you really want to be is five hundred on the road, but sub five hundred on the road, yeah, that's not good, man. At home, no, we're seventeen and nine, not. killing it. Yeah, because if, if, if five hundred is like the the, the minimum, you know, right. that you got to be at, because that that'll tell you, all right, it's a coin flip on the road, right? Which is why home court advantage is so important. But at least you know that you can take one out of two on the road, and we're not doing that no. right now. We're not confident in this team going into a tough opponent. And pulling out a win, yeah, it's so, gonna it's it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. And we'll see. We got the trade deadline, like I said, Thursday. Yep. Um, a move could be made. You know, um, it cross your not, fingers. It might not. Uh, if it does, you know, hopefully it complements whatever we got going on. Complements the locker room. Complements Spo and and you know the Heat culture, and and we can you know take this team to the next level. If not. We got to write it out, though. We got to thug it out, and then we got to reset and figure out what's going to happen in the offseason. Absolutely. We're going to have to thug it out with Bam. <laughs> you know, as as far as Bam goes, we go right now. Mm-hmm. That's what it is right now, plain and simple. Sure. And hopefully we do make a trade, and your boy Sosa will be all over social media <laughs> sharing my thoughts. Twitter, too. And reacting to it, so. Well, I guess I did social media. So. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, all you just encompass it all. I thought you said IG. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all of that, social Let's media. See, man. Heat, heat, man. Let's see. Show me something before this All-Star break, bro. We're already more than halfway past the season. Like, get into that final third. Let's get some momentum going, bro. Win a couple sure. of road games, man. Um, talking about momentum, bro. One team that definitely has momentum is, in, as far as basketball goes, is UN basketball. Ah, bro. yes. Yes. Nah. I, was, I was wondering who you're going to talk about there next. Uh, bro, what a game last night, man. What a Again, game. You know, two nights ago by the time you're hearing this, but... Yeah, man, the Watsko Center was on fire. It's <laughs> on fire, dog. On it fire. Number one, I felt so fucking old in that place. <laughs> that's, that's number one. Let's put that's that at number the top one. Of the list. Let's start right there. We were right at that median age of old people. It was like, damn it. You know, there's a lot of young kids here. But that's cool to see, man, because I, I love to see, you know, the students pack that place, right? I think it was the third highest attendance from the students. Yes, man. And school and, history. And, and they not only do they have their own section, right, which we were really close to, but just around the entire arena itself um, was full of students, full of young players, uh, young guys and girls that were going out there to see this big-time game. And obviously you had your sprinkled-in alumni and, you know, season ticket holders and whatnot. And the vibe in there was just out of this world, bro. And and the way that the Kings got off to a hot start with with Wong hitting a big three to start the game, and just these guys never looked back from that, dog. No, they 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 took off and they never looked back, bro. It was like a Usain Bolt <laughs> race for real. Uh, yeah, man, it was good to see. Um, I really want to talk about your boy, man. 
Nika. Bro. What's buddy's name? Uh, Norchad. Omir. 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 There Omir. we go. That's how, that's how I'm going to remember. But yeah, he's, let's, like, let's, he's like Nicaraguense, right? Yeah, he's from Nicaragua. Bro, I mean, the Blue dude, Fields. Shout out to my dog, Frisco. That dude ball last and night. And my dog, Seas. That dude ball last night. And Marvin. Shit. There's a whole bunch of Nikas out there, man. Shout but out. But this dude right here, A, he's a transfer, right? Sophomore. This kid is, you know, big dude. Six, seven, right? He, big body wise. He, I was gonna big say he, he, play, he was playing bigger than what he even Huge. looked. And the know? guy that he was defending was a seven footer, right? Right. He's a defending. We could see the, the height freshman. difference. Yeah, we could see the height difference between those two guys, and it was just one had a man's body, and the other one didn't have a man's it was body. Getting there, you know what I mean. And the the way that this dude plays with his energy is like that's probably the spark that the that that the Hurricanes rely on, dog, because. You and I, he scored a bunch in, in the first half, right? He had, I think, nine points. But by the time first half ended, you and I looked up at the scoreboard and he had nine rebounds, bro. Nine rebounds. and in Active. My, active, you know, staying active. Um, Yeah, man, the, the Hurricanes came out and, and really just were aggressive, you know, because I felt like they let that game get away from them while they were at Duke, right, that they lost 68 to 66 and were like, you know what, this team can't really hang with us. We did it to ourselves that game. We had stupid turnovers. Let's go out there and show these guys off the rip that they can't really play with us and, and go from there. And they, they did exactly that. That that team, number one, they're 13-0. At home this year um, against ACC opponents and other opponents outside of conference. And on top of that, they've won four out of the last five games in the ACC. So right now they're only a half game behind um, Clemson, who's 10 and three, who's leading the division. And then they're right there in the mix with Virginia and Pittsburgh. Right. But Virginia and Pittsburgh uh, still have a game to play. They're they're both nine and three. Let's see what happens if they can get their win and and keep it at at that pace with Clemson and, and UM. But. You know, another guy that stood out, and it's crazy how Coach Larinaga finds ways to, like, put these guys in combinations to see how they get the most out of it. It felt like every time Omir came out, we saw the, the homie Walker or Miller just take off and say, all right, time to shine. Here comes a couple of shots. Here comes a couple of dunks, a couple of tipaways on, on defense, and, and let's go. That guy really had an impressive game last night great, for us, dog. Great game. And, yeah, they, you know, they, they did well, you know, as far as, like, when one wasn't out there, you know, the other one kind of picked it up or whatever was the focal point of the scoring. But it was even more impressive to see them both running together. So, Bro. to see those – I mean, that's going to be – for the tournament, I mean – I mean, you and that right there is going to be a scary two, like two duo to face right there, those two kids. It felt like it felt like it was a, a scrimmage game for them, right? Where like they each knew where they were going to be on defense, right? Once Omir got a block or or Miller got a steal, boom! Instinctively, they both took off and they're looking at each other, passing back and doing those passing drills that you would see in like basketball movies, and then getting easy buckets. Um, now, granted, Omir missed a dunk or a layup that we saw, but yeah. whatever. Players fuck up, you know. Yeah, he got the steal, took it coast to coast, and then like didn't go up hard enough or. To dunk it or whatever and just missed it it was weird it was very awkward there was a couple of those that there, happened, there but, were but you but know we, we were up so far ahead that like it was permissible nah i don't think it was permissible and coach l and one of the timeouts like because like but. after that 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 dude that missed the layup remember he missed omir missed the layup and then the other guy didn't dunk it and we were like bro why the yeah. hell didn't he dunk it and he missed the layup yeah boom there was a tv timeout coach brings everybody in hey tie it up tying that shit up either dunk it or don't 
you know, and then sure enough, right after that, every time that somebody got close to the rim or, yeah. or thought about laying it up, they were like, ah, we're just going to dunk it. You and know? then, no, we saw a couple nasty dunks, Bruh. especially at the end of the game, bro, the kid that took up from the baseline Bruh. and just one-handed it. Bruh. I haven't seen that highlight on, on this. No, no. And look, they only showed it twice on the replay, and I was yeah, like, look how far he came It was so wild because it was late in the game. Like, it was, we were already up. Yeah, 70, the game was already over. 70-something or 40-something. Walker took off. And, like, dog. people were leaving. The Duke fans were leaving. Everybody, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Man, you know, just saying goodbye, and then all of a sudden, bro, this kid just Omir had checked out, Miller had checked out. Everybody. Like, it was like you know the third string was out there, and this kid just yammed it, bro. Oh, from far, the building went crazy. Yeah, it was far, dog. And look, you know, Coach L had asked for it on the pregame, right? As I was listening, driving to the state to the arena, and he wanted the house to be electrified and, and people pumped up and stuff like that. So I felt like the players had a like not necessarily felt the need, but like were more incentivized to go out there and play well because they knew. That it was a sellout. They knew it was going to be on ESPN. And they knew they had to put up a good performance, right? Because the, the AP had poll had just came out and they were ranked 19th. And the way that UM season is going, they're definitely going to be in that top 15 by the time the, the season is a wrap. And if this team can be in that ACC championship game or win the ACC championship, we're talking about a top 10, maybe even a top five seed for the tournament. Speaking of Which AC, is wild. Speaking of ACC, their next opponent, ACC opponent, Louisville. I'm not scared of those guys. Not scared of them. I'm not scared of those guys. But then you got to go on the road and play UNC. Yeah, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup. That's going to be a good bar. Because, like I said, they're, they're 13-0 at home, so they feel very, very comfortable playing in front of their guys, right? And, and obviously, most college teams play better at home. Um, but that North Carolina game is going to be interesting, man, because it's, again, a primetime game on ESPN. And... UNC just beat the crap out of Duke as well, right, last week. So it's going to be a good bar setting to say, where are we at? Are we surpassed uh, the level of talent that Duke has, that North Carolina has, that all the other teams that are traditional powerhouses as far as basketball goes? Are we on that level and are, are we surpassing them? What's funny is that, you know, a lot of people were giving Coach L shit, like you and I were talking about um, on the way there, about the transfers and more the NIL. So, more specifically, uh, Syracuse head coach. Right, Boheim, Jim Boheim. And, you know, it, and <laughs> I saw a, a tweet today where, like, with a minute and a half left, Larinaga pulled out a water cash and was like, oh, yeah, let me just check what I got here and put it back in his pocket. My, my favorite meme, oh, my favorite meme fire. was the Dave Sh from Dave Sh from Chappelle show. Hide your money, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> bro, people. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, that shit was funny because it's true. It's like, bro, you're Syracuse. Stop complaining. You're a historic program from, ba like, both basketball and football. Like, yeah, granted, you guys haven't had great, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever, yeah. but like historically, you guys have had great programs. Figure it out. Get your money up. Stop yeah. bitching. Yeah. Like it's all fair right now at this point. Like it, the, the, the NCAA made it so. Bro, so I, I wouldn't your even money put up. us in our, in the top 15 nationally when it comes to booster money. I wouldn't put us in the top 15. Look how long this program has existed where there's football, basketball, whatever. And we just got boosters to spend money to hire a football coach. And we gave mad money to Kristoff, worth it, one of our guys, et cetera, whatever. Same thing with Larry Negan. We were talking about, well, yo, what's his salary of? And we looked at it and it was like, guy's definitely worth more than that. And where's that money coming from? The boosters that are invested in the program see the progress of the program, right? And say, you know what? This is a product worth putting my money behind. 
Man, well, Coach L, you know, I, I got the biggest, you know, respect and admiration uh, for this dude. Admiration. Admiration for, for Coach L, man. This dude has, has really transformed this program, which was known for here and there, making little runs in the tournament, to being one of the biggest powerhouses in ACC. And now we're looking, being looked at nationally year in, year out to be one of the good teams, you know. That's something that we're expecting from our football team. Right, and they right. haven't gotten to that level yet, right. and they've probably been invested a lot more than this basketball team has. Now, granted, like you said, that's the name of the game. You got to, you want to win, you got to invest. You got to play the NIL game. You got to figure out how to do that for your t- school and what programs you want to try to funnel that that type of cash flow in. But you can't blame UM for playing by the rules because Coach L doesn't even pay attention to none of that NIL shit. He's like, focus on basketball. What you do offside the court, that's your business, bro. I'm not going to, you know, you can talk to your advisors, your mom, your parents, whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the basketball, you know, and, and that's showing on the court because a lot of these guys are balling. We have four players averaging double figures as far as scoring, and that's very hard to do in college basketball. You're shooting a lot against zone. You're shooting a lot against teams that have length that can get out to the three-point line, which makes it harder for you to score. And a lot of those guys are, 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 are guards that – Shoot threes. And look, that game last night was a blowout. And Isaiah Wong, who's more our most athletic scorer, had a bad game. He had a bad game. And we still murder these guys. That just shows you the level of talent accumulated on this squad. Deep. Man. Deep. Deep team. Deep team. So it's not going to be surprising to me and probably not to you because we watch these guys now to make a deep run and, and probably pass whatever they did last year in the Elite Eight. Imagine, dog, that this team makes it to a Final Four. How wild would that be? Right for a non basketball program to be up there, it'll be dope, man. And um, like you said, this ACC schedule is not going to be the easiest, you know. As it comes to the end, we got what six games left before the season's over. I really think that they can win for five out of these last six games, dog. You're talking about playing Louisville, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Pitt. Yeah, they can win five of those games. Three of them are at home, so why not? One, two, three. yeah, three of them, four of those games are at home. Get out of here. They're definitely going to win five of these games. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm looking at those two road games, man. You know, make sure that uh, they can, those those two will be really important to win right there. Yeah, man. February 13th against North Carolina. And then two days before that, we're playing Louisville at home. If you're in the area, cheap tickets, man, worth it. Go check these guys out. Um, there's a lot of talent on this basketball t- team. You're probably going to see some of this talent in the NBA in the near future. So, might as well go catch them while it's a lot cheaper and you can probably be a lot closer to them. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. You know what else is going to be dope? Talk to me, Slime. The Waste Management Open. Oh, the Wasted Management Open? Yes. That's my freaking favorite tournament, though. What a weekend we have, yeah, my boy. Because you got the Waste Management Open and you got Super Bowl Sunday as well. Wild. I mean. What more do you want? Dog. What more do you want? What a weekend, bro. And then you just sprinkle in a little round of golf yourself. You know what hey. I mean? Some drinks, some cocktails. Hey. You now, and now you're having a good, good old time. You got a formula for a good time. You got a formula for a good time. And look, you know what? Shout out to Roly, who's out there right now. Yo, it's so wild, dog. We're jealous, bro. And we're yeah, going to have to have a conversation when you get back here, man. Facts. Um, but yeah, dog, it, it's just one of the best events that the PGA Tour has because of how fan-friendly it is. You know, some of the other tournaments or other Opens have some type of prestige to it or, you know, some would say a little bit too much prestige, right? But that's, that's the game of golf, right? And that's how it's been. With this tournament, though, it, it's out in, in Phoenix. 
you know, a lot of young people go out there. A lot of the colleges in that area go out there to go check this out. And it's become a vibe. And as not only is it a vibe, it's a very freaking hard course to play. And one of the hardest holes to play there is which one? I mean, it depends what you're asking. Come on, dog. You know, I mean, the, one, bro, it's a very, the most pressurized. That's a very easy hole. hole. That's not a tough hole. The 17th hole at 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 a TPC uh, Scottsdale is is a very straightforward hole. It's just a fact right. that you have thousands of people in the gallery, right, going bananas that have been drinking since 4 a.m. Right, the and, day before, <laughs> and you know you have all those eyeballs on you, and then that's where the pressure sets in. But the shot is a very straightforward. Golf shot. Yeah. If you're talking technically, you know, it's like a nine iron air pitching watch, buddy. You just yeah. hit it up there and get out and of there. Get on two the putt, green, two right? Putts and get out of there. Get on the green, right? You no, know, but, but guys want to put on a show. Hey, and look, if you're talking about pressure, yeah, it's an easy shot, right? They probably hit that shot in their sleep, eyes closed, right? And get on the green all the time um, in order to birdie put. But that that level of difficulty goes from being like a three out of ten for professional players to a eight, seven out of ten because of the amount of eyes on you, because of the amount of people that are there in person. It's not like there are a ton of people watching on TV. No, there's tons of people in person on top of you <laughs> seeing what you're doing and putting that added pressure yeah. on you, bro. And I misspoke. It's not the 17th. It's the 16th 16th, hole. right. Uh, 17 and 18 are also great holes, too, but it, it's the 16th hole, which is the par three with the stadium around there. And it's wild, dog, because like, you look back to Tigers holding one there when they didn't have a grandstand, and like it's like, okay, that's one golf course. And then they add this grandstand all around the hole, and it becomes like a gladiator pit almost. Yeah. Like it's this crazy it's a great analogy, stadium. Dog. Yeah, dude. And then, you know, it like it changes everything about how that hole is played now. But I'm excited, dog. The field is deep. Deep. I don't know if Scott is going to repeat. I don't know if Scott is going to repeat. So right now, I think the uh, I think John Rahm is favored. Yeah. He's the outright favorite right now at 750. Bro, that dude is locked. But in. Scott, but you got Rory behind him, and you got Scotty behind them, and Rom and Rory are, are killing it right now. I yeah. mean, Rom won two tournaments back to back. Rory just won out in Saudi, the Rolex yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Invitational out there. Um, you know, those guys are battling for first place as far as the world ranking goes. But then you got Scotty Scheffler up there too, like yeah. you said. You know, the reigning champ. Other names, other elite names up there. You got Xander Shoffley. You got Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau. Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, just that dude recently killing it too. <clears throat> but honestly, playing I, out of his mind. Out of all those guys, I feel like you, you know the first guy is the guy that needs to be the focus. The Ramonator has really been locked in, and even how he ended last season, right? The last season, how he played and how he was going into tournaments on on some type of mentality of like I'm killing all these guys no matter what. I think that he's primed to be like, yo, I want to be the number one in the world every single tournament that comes up, and I want the second-place guy to be as far away as, as possible. Um, I, I heard him on an interview the other day listening to a golf podcast, and the way that he was speaking, right, um, just shows you that he's very calm, very, like, nonchalant. He's He doesn't get bothered by much now. He's very focused, very focused. Very aware. Aware. And look, and they were and these guys were trying to pry him about the live tour and all this shit and how does it feel? And he was like, nah, man, listen, there's, we're adults. Those guys are adults. They can make their own mind up. It's not going to affect what I do and how I play and what I'm trying to do, right? And some of those guys are my best friends, and we can have a conversation about it and you know, both give our opinions and, and, and agree to disagree or agree to agree and, and go from there. But I'm not letting it affect me and my life and my game and my goals. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, bro, 
There's a lot of guys who would give their opinion on the live tour or something like that at that given that opportunity. And he just chose to say, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about the PGA tour. I care about me, John Brown being the best. And and that's scary, man. That's scary to see because this dude is nasty when he's on, man. If John Rom just heard your monologue right there, I think he would run through a brick wall. No <laughs> lie. Cool. I'm just saying. You hype me up there. But is it safe to say that you're picking him as your, your favorite for this tournament? Absolutely. My my backup is Patrick Cantley. Dark horse. <laughs> that's always my backup. Fucking Cantley. But my, I hate that guy. My Most dark horse. Golfer in the PGA. My dark horse is going to be Tony Fina. Ooh, I like that dark horse. So your favorite's Rom, and your, your dark horse is Finau. Yeah. I like that, dog. I really do. And I can see that, man. Obviously, Rom is playing lights out, man. Mm -hmm. He really is. What, and Tony, man, you know, we've seen him come so close so many other times in big tournaments and big opens. Um, I, I feel yeah, like he, this like could be this, a good year for him, this man. This could be really good for Tony. Yeah, right. he, he's won last year already. You know, this could be, you know, a real good weekend for him. But Who are you picking? <clears throat> I don't know, man. I see a lot of good names up here, dog. A lot of good names. I'm looking at... I'm looking at a JT. That's I'm, nice. You know, Justin Thomas, you know, he, this could be, you know, the he usually wins early on in the season. Mm -hmm. He didn't win it out in Hawaii. He didn't win out in the California swing. So he might just do it in Phoenix. I, I don't. I can't remember if he's won this event before, the waste management. I don't know. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. I can look it up. But I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling Justin Thomas, man. He's been a little quiet. Clean. I can definitely see him coming out and winning this one. But I can Who's a dark horse for you, dog? A dark horse? If I'm going a yeah. dark horse for this tournament, dog? There's a lot of good ones there. There are a lot of great, great dark horses here. But um, one that's kind of standing out to me, man, is there's two. There's two. There's two, <laughs> there's two that are standing All out. All right. Who's the first I'll one? I'll tell you why. Number one is Victor Hovland. Okay. That's a good one, I'm bro. looking at Victor Hovland. He's a pro's pro. You know, he's a young kid. You know, he's uh, he's in the same class with Morikawa and uh, one other. I can't remember. Who I thought that's who you free. were going to say. Morikawa? Yeah. Mm, nah. No, not that, 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 that's not where I was leaning. But Who's the second one? Uh, well, going back, going back, I want to go back to... Um, to Hovland. Who did I just pick? Hovland. You know, he's he's a guy, bro, that he he was he did really well this weekend out mm -hmm. on Pebble Beach. Um, you know, he's due as well. Like, that guy, I, I feel like, is due for a big... Win, you know, either right. a major or something like this or TPC Sawgrass, right? Something like that. My other dark horse dog that I'm looking at, who Ricky Fowler, bro. <laughs> That's my dog from Vegas, big dick Rick, bro. No homo. That's like, my dog from Vegas. He, I'm just seeing him out there, bro. He tees off on Thursday at three o'clock. You know, I don't know, man. That, that, you know, the, he's another one that like he needs something to like kind of boost him back like Jordan Spieth yeah. had a year or two ago like get it back into the consistent you know, the, top 10 yeah man to the, you know being one of the best in the world he kind of fell off you know Ricky's mm -hmm. kind of falling mm -hmm. off he you know he got married he started a family you know things like that but you know now that's kind of established I think I don't know much about his personal life but I, you know from the outside looking in I think that might be established right you know and he's he's looking I think he, he needs to get back out on top you know and he has the game to do it he can compete right. with the best for out sure there. Now it's just a matter of putting it together in four days. So as far as the dark horses, I'm, I'm kind of looking at those two, man. Hovland, Ricky Fowler, but, you know, I, I think maybe JT will take it. Honestly, I, I like a lot of these guys, man. At this course, anybody could take it, man. I'm looking at Homa. And you said he it He just won recently. He yeah. can win another one. I really like Rom, you yeah. know, obviously for everything that you stated. Bro, but look, you said, you said it earlier. We just went, we just rat, rattled off like seven to ten names that, that can really have a shot at winning this. You know what I mean? And not only that, 
use this as a springboard, right, to go into TPC and, and put another good performance where you can start to establish yourself as a top five, top ten player and stay in that ranking, you know. Um, man, th these type of tournaments are always exciting for that reason, bro, because they're so packed. Everybody's there. You know, nobody's missing this one. And everybody's trying to, you know, establish themselves to kick off the season. You know what I mean? I, I can't wait to see it, dog. I can't wait to see it. And uh, the betting odds right now, if you're interested in those, these guys, Rom plus 750. Make that money. Uh, you got, uh, who did I say? JT is at yep. plus 2,000. Uh, What's Homa at? Max Homa is at plus two, 2,200. Not bad. Um, and then you got Hovland at plus 3,300. Ricky's all the way down there at plus 6,600. So, I mean, that's... It might be worth putting 50 bucks on Ricky. Maybe, maybe like 20, you, <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, just to see if he hits. Why not, dog? You know, but no, nah, it's going to be electric, going to be a great weekend. Absolutely. And then it's capped off by... What? Super Bowl, dog. Oof. I mean, how? What better Come way? On, what dog. better? Like you go straight from the waste management into like I remember last year pulling up to the Super Bowl four party, beers deep at least. Well, I pulled up to the Super Bowl party and like I had the I had the waste management open. I was like, yo, I gotta watch this. This is wild. You know, I want to <laughs> watch the end of it, and you know, you got to see Scotty win it. Yeah, but uh, I'll be probably doing the same thing because they, they, you know, it lines They're up right at the there. beginning like like the national anthem and all that. That's yep. when it's like closing out. So. It's going to be a great weekend. Yes, sir. And this Super Bowl, bro, is going to be high-powered, to say the least, man. We got two of the best offenses in the NFL, two of the best defenses um, currently, you know, in the playoffs in the NFL. And I think it's going to just be straight fireworks, bro. You know, like one of those classic Super Bowls where it's high-scoring and, and teams are putting up touchdowns and getting big plays on defense and stuff like that. And, and I just expect that. A big time scoring game from this last year was a great one. I yeah. mean, Bengals Rams. You know, yeah. we saw everything. You know, fireworks. It came down to a last drive. You know, right. back and forth. Both teams performing. Right. So you know, we've seen a few good Super Bowls in the last few years. We really have, and, and we're kind of spoiled. You know, <laughs> I think we're overdue for a bad one, man. This might be because these guys Not both are are really really good defensive teams. Yes. So there's, I know the over under is fifty one points. Right. But there's a, over. there's a, I mean, there's a very good chance this could be a defensive stalemate almost. You know what I'm saying? I would have, I would agree with you normally, but the fact that both of these teams, quarterbacks, which are the biggest offensive weapons, had two weeks to kind of rest and get healed up, get as close to 85% as you can, right? Cause no, nobody's 100% at this point in the season or even 90%. Try to get to that 80, 85% as far as health goes and, and just go out there and put a performance. And when those guys are on, there's very hard to stop, you know? Mahomes comes up with stuff. You know, like pulling a rabbit out of hat and obviously hurts legs and vision and, and, you know, arm capabilities also makes him a very posable threat on offense and he can create stuff out of thin air as well. That's why I feel like it's going to be high scoring. I, I can easily see this, both of these teams putting up three touchdowns. You know, and then, like you said, let it come down to a final drive where somebody kicks a big field goal or somebody hits a big touchdown and he only leaves six seconds on the clock or 10 seconds on the clock, something like that. Because of how good these defenses are, what I do expect is for there to be a defensive touchdown, right? Because one of these teams are going to get a turnover and have to take that opportunity to take it to the house. Because if you're talking about going tit for tat, the first team that scores is probably going to have the advantage, right? But at the end of the day, the one who can get that turnover and turn it into a score, right, 
that's gonna allow you to kind of separate yourself from from the other team, especially if you can't stop each other, right? And both teams are scoring. So uh, I'm definitely expecting a defensive touchdown in this game. Um, so if you want to bet on a prop, there it is. Um, and also, it's going to be heads on the coin flip. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. How about the Gatorade? What color? Orange. Oh, I'm going uh, to go blue. My backup would be yellow. Yellow's always popular with the guys. I don't know why. Mm. Orange and yellow. All right. Um, but the game is... You know, there's a very tight line. It's Eagles by one and a half. Um, the smart money says put your money on Kansas City, right? They've been there before. Um, first time Hurts has been there. I don't know. I, I, I And then look, we saw a 60% Mahomes beat a very good and hot Bengals team. Turned, them into, turned those guys into stone. They couldn't do anything to him. And uh, even when he was driving down to win the game, that stupid penalty aside, I felt like they were still going to score, right? And he was still going to find a way to get them close enough to kick a field goal. Um, that's why I always give the edge to him. He has experience. He he has to kind of reclaim his spot as the best, you know, because there were a lot of doubts. There was a lot of talk about Burrow being MVP and then the season that Josh Allen was having and all the other stuff that was going on with Hurts. And I think this is a good opportunity for Mahomes to say, yeah, that's all cool. But don't forget who's that guy. And that's me. You know, that's why I, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Okay. You're taking the Chiefs. Yes, sir. Um, I like this Chiefs team, man. I've, I've you know, I've liked Andy Reid. I've liked Mahomes. I've liked, Great. you know, everything that these guys have done. Kelsey, yeah, uh, you know, really, yeah, you, you got to give it up to the guy, bro. I mean, yeah, bro. when it's all said and done, he'll probably be the best tight end that I have ever played the game. And we've been For sure. lucky enough to see some of the best tight ends in the game play. Oh, hey. On that Chiefs team, Tony Gonzalez. Correct. That's exactly who, that's exactly who I was thinking about. You know? you know, we were like, damn, nobody ever. Like, no, Kelsey is taking it the the whole other direction. We looked. At, I saw a stat line that uh, showed all of Kelsey's playoff games. I think he's played in seventeen regular season uh, or no postseason games, seventeen or eighteen, which is a full length season. Wow! And his stats were like one hundred and fifteen catches Heck, for sixteen touchdowns, like fourteen hundred yards, and I don't know how many. Like it was, it was like a legit like. Receiver stat line for a whole season. Right. It's disgusting. It's wild. The, the, the season, the career he's had in just a postseason. Mahomes, obviously, we know what he's done. Um, I, I, I do. I really like them, but I don't know why. I just think that the Eagles are are gonna win this game. Yeah. And, you know, it could be the meme that I saw where history <laughs> repeats itself, where every team that won already prior to this has already won, and the right. Eagles are the next one in the cycle. It could be because of the fact that I think Mahomes is still, in fact, hurt mm. and playing a better defense than he played in the Bengals, and he's also missing weapons in his receivers that are all banged up. Yeah. Or it could be that I really like that movie Invincible <laughs> that's based on the Eagles and Vince Papali. Uh, I don't know, Doc, but something's telling me to go with the the Eagles in this game. As much as I don't want to because I hate Eagles fans, no offense, Omar, you're my dog. You're not the one I'm talking about. There's certain Eagles fans that are kind of annoying. Um, But I think they're going to win this game, dog. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it happening because, honestly, with the type of season that Hurts has had, and like you said, the D-line for the Eagles is one of the best, if not the best. They're killing it as far as I think they have two guys with double-digit sacks. That's wild, you know, with a third close, right, with nine and a half. Um, yeah, I can see. secondary is disgusting. Too. I can see them doing that, bro. I can see them definitely, you know, upsetting this team and, and really putting themselves on the map as far as, hey, a lot of people were doubting us throughout the season. We, they thought we were pretenders. But, you know, boom, here's the proof. A Super Bowl trophy. Yep. 
Let's see, man. Uh, it's going to be a great Super Bowl, like you said, and I think it's like it's going to be a high-scoring Super Bowl, which is always entertaining, man. And I'm interested to see what what the halftime show looks like too, man. Yeah, if Rihanna yeah. still has it, let's see. <laughs> let's it's gonna, see. It's always a, a spectacle, man. I can't wait. Absolutely, man. And you know, your boy and Joel are going to bring you every reaction that we have from this big weekend that we got coming up. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on all those social media platforms, especially YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Click the top bell that says notifications. That way you don't miss out on anything that we're dropping here on Sports with Soso. We got a lot coming up for you guys, man. We got interviews with fighters. We got live events to go to. Um, we, we got, got live... We got fights with interviewers. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, too. All that good stuff. All that good stuff, man. But if you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out. Yep. So you know what you have to do? Tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. About this amazing podcast and what we're bringing you guys on a week-to-week basis, man. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe. And until next time, peace. peace.